You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. I want to continue looking at the Gospel of John because I said last time it's full of imagery, helps us in our imagination, and Jesus does exactly that in John chapter 15 where he talks about being the vine and us the branches that bear fruit or don't bear fruit. And I think we want to make sure we catch uh, a couple things. One is this is one of those seven I am something statements that appear in the Gospel of John, seven being a significant number in Genesis 1, seven being a significant number all throughout the Bible that represents God's perfect plan of redemption, God's perfect plan for creation. And Jesus is the means by which God is going to bring about his new creation. Jesus is the one who brings about redemption and the seventh day of flourishing and shalom that is in Genesis 1 and 2. So when Jesus says, I am the true vine, it's one of these statements where the language goes out of its way to emphasize I am. I am the I am. I am the true vine. As other statements, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the, the door. Uh, these are all things that you see in the Gospel of John. And so in John 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. It's a confusing verse because it's like, okay, which one gets the good thing? Because here it's the ones that don't bear fruit are taken away. The ones that do bear fruit are pruned. Well, can I, which, is there a third option? And what Jesus is saying is there's not a third option, that God is interested in restoring us. He's interested in redeeming our lives, bringing restoration, bringing healing. That's what the word save means in Greek that God is bringing a restoration of our dysfunction, a restoration of our brokenness, our rot that is deep within our soul that manifests itself in the way we think about life, manifests itself in the way we think about God, and the way we interact with one another selfishly, and all these things that bring about a deterioration in our relationships And keep us from living this uh, seven kind of life, a life of redemption, a life of flourishing, a life of shalom. When Jesus is talking about fruit here, he's talking, I think, about the same idea that Paul is talking about when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit in our life in Galatians chapter 5, 22, where Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control. These are the kinds of things that show the redemptive life. These are the kinds of things that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is doing in our life. This is what holiness is. Holiness is not being a judgmental person who disapproves of everybody around him or her. Holiness is not being somebody who's always arguing people, trying to convince them that Christianity is true that uh, they're doing something wrong, they're not believing what's right. That's not holiness. Holiness is not folded arms, standing off at a distance, judging people. That's, that's maybe what 
we think of when we think of holiness in the movies uh, so that they can make Christianity seem as undesirable as possible. Holiness is not disassociating ourselves from people because all these fruits of the Holy Spirit are highly relational. They're highly connective. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control so that we don't violate people's trust. I, I think that this is important because when we think of holiness, we want to make sure we're thinking of true holiness and its relational connection. It's the things of that make relationships attractive. It's what makes the gospel attractive. It, what doesn't make the gospel attractive is when we judge and when we argue. What does make the gospel attractive is what Jesus is talking about here, bearing fruit. And, and what God is doing in our life is bringing circumstances our way. This is what we want to make sure we understand when we talk about looking at our lives vertically, that God is doing something through our circumstances. We're not just merely living horizontal lives and trying to bob and weave through all the, the, the horizontal circumstances of our day. We're seeing things vertically. What Jesus is talking about here, and we want to use our imagination that we are God is wanting us to bear fruit. God is wanting us to live these lives that show that Christ is living in us. Christ is working in us. We have this growing security in our relationship with him that manifests itself by the Holy Spirit in our lives, bearing greater love, bearing greater joy. Joy is holiness. Holiness is joy. Love is holiness. Holiness is love. Kindness is holiness. Holiness is kindness, patience, peace in the shalom sense. This is what God is going to do in our lives through our circumstances. We're going to learn how to be loving toward unloving people. We're going to learn how to be kind when someone's not kind with us. We're going to learn how to be patient in circumstances that are usually difficult to be patient in. We're going to learn self-control when we want to give in and get angry or do whatever that would be contrary to self-control in our lives. We're going to learn this through trial and error. We're going to learn this through experience. So Jesus is saying here that part of living in him as the true vine and we the branch is that the Father is going to prune us. The Father is going to do things to cut back our lives so that we bear more fruit. I don't really know what pruning is, you know, I, but we have to use our imagination. And I think we, if we use our imagination, what does it mean that Jesus is the vine, the true vine? He's the one that has the sap we need. He's the one that has the resources for life. He's the one that we're connected to, that we depend upon to bear fruit. And the Father prunes us. I just think it means what the image has, and that is cuts something away, hurts us in some way. I don't mean hurts in the sense of sadistic. I mean hurts in the sense of he's doing things in our life to, to cause trials, tribulations, difficulties that force us to look vertically, force us to look to him, force us to depend upon him and to learn our lessons of life. So Jesus says in verse four, abide in me 
and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Again, let's use our imagination. What comes to your mind when you think of Jesus as the true vine, the one that our lives, our very lives are connected to, and that we have to abide in him. The stronger we abide in him, the healthier we are. Abide in me, and I in you, he says, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. When your life is sort of running dry, when your attitude is is running dry and it's not where it needs to be, it's hard to love, it's hard to have joy, it's hard to have peace, it's hard to be kind, it's hard to be patient. These are signs that we're not abiding in Christ. He's not abiding in us in the sense that we're not drawing near to him so that he can draw near to us, like it says in James. He's, of course, in us by his Holy Spirit. But there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit in our lives and being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between having Christ in our lives and abiding in Christ and and he in us in this abiding kind of way where we are drawing near to him. So this is what we're doing in in this time. We're abiding in Christ. He said in verse 3 that you are already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. There's a sense in which we have forgiveness of our sins. We are born again, born from above by the word of God. We believe the word. Something happens in us. We have faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit regenerates our lives. And there's a certain sense in which the word of God bears fruit in our lives in a, in a salvation kind of way. We abide in Christ by bringing his word into our lives by doing what we're doing here, meditating on his word, imagining the truth of his word, bringing his word deeper into our soul. We abide in Christ through prayer. We abide in Christ through praying scripture back to God. That's exactly what we're doing in, in, in these times. And we do it because our lives depend upon Christ. We depend upon his Holy Spirit to bear fruit in our lives. We depend upon his Holy Spirit to bring his life into our dead lives without him. We abide in him because we need him to abide in us so that we can have lives of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. For he says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, let's use our imagination because what Jesus is saying here is just picture this. He is this true vine. And I, you know, we don't know much about grapes and all that, but I do, you know, every, if you go out to Les Bourgeois, and you can see the grapevines out there. And you see these vines that are sort of these connections all throughout down the fence. And then there's these smaller branches that go off. And that's where the leaves and the grapes, the fruit. And, and Jesus is saying he is that vine that we need. Without him, there's no life. There's no spiritual life. Without him, there's dryness. There's death. There's withering And we need to abide in him to have this life, this increasing life in us, 
apart from him, we can do nothing. That's a strong image because nothing is nothing. Our lives become lives of nothing. And though we're busy, we're doing all kinds of things, living horizontal lives, but nothing really is happening without abiding in Christ. There's nothing that's lasting. There's nothing that's happening that's bringing about restoration and fruit in our lives and using our lives as a blessing to others to bring restoration and fruit in their lives as well. Verse 8, he says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. This is how we show Christ to others, not by judging them, not by arguing with them, but by bearing fruit, showing people that we are abiding in Christ, in his love, in his joy, in his peace, in his kindness. So verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. That's what we're doing when we pray. That's what we're doing when we bring his word into our lives and pray his word back to him. We are abiding in his love. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends in verse 13. Or Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is always the Bible's picture of his love for us. Whenever you doubt, does God love me? Think of Jesus willingly coming into the person of Jesus Christ to suffer, be beaten, and to die for you so that you can be healed, so that you can be restored, so that you can break through the other side of death and have resurrection that begins even now in your life by the Holy Spirit, bearing fruit in your life because you're abiding in Christ as the vine. His love for you, you have to believe his love for you if you're going to abide in him. You have to believe his word is true if you're going to abide in him. Think about those two things, that his word is true and that he loves you specifically. This is what you have to keep telling yourself because this is what Jesus keeps telling you. And you can't let the doubts of nothingness begin to make nothingness happen in your sense of Jesus' love for you and the truthfulness of his word. All right, so let's take a moment here and, and use John 15 as a time of prayer, praying this back to God. Father, I come before you because you are the vine dresser. All of this, everything comes from you. Jesus coming in the person of Jesus and dying on the cross and breaking through the other side of death and bringing resurrection and bringing life and the Holy Spirit of my life all comes from you. Jesus says you're the vine dresser. You're the one in charge of all of this and that Jesus, Lord Jesus, the I am. I don't know how all this works, that Jesus is the I am, that my father is the I am. I don't know how all this works, but I'm just going to believe Jesus's word. Jesus is the I am, who is the true vine. There are other vines out there that pretend to give life, but only Jesus, Lord Jesus, you are the true vine. You are living water. You are the bread of life. You are the way and the truth and the life. You are the resurrection and the life. And there is no life apart from you. Only you are the true vine, and I need you. I need your life flowing into me. I am connected to you, 
and I am connected to you forever because you are God forever and you are my forever God and I depend upon you and I am connected to you and forever, forever you give me life and as long as I have life, I will praise you and I will bow to you and I will worship you because you are the giver of all life. You are the one who bears fruit in me. You are the one who is the source of all love. You are the one who is the source of true joy. You are the true vine, and true joy and true love come from you. You are the source of love and joy and peace. You are the source of true peace. You are the source of true goodness, the true source of kindness, the true source of patience, the true source of of all that is good and of love and joy. And so I thank you that I am connected to you forever. I thank you that you are connected to me forever, that you have spoken your word to me and given me faith, faith in your word that is true, faith in your word that makes me clean, forgives me of my sin, and allows me to come before you in Jesus as my true vine. And I want to abide in you and have you abide in me, that I would abide in you, Lord Jesus. Look to you as my source of joy. Look to you as my security. Look to you as my peace. Look to you as my source of love, my source of goodness. And there is no good apart from you. You are my only good because there is no good outside of you. And I pray, Lord, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would bear fruit in my life so that I can grow in love and joy and goodness and kindness. And that you would use me to be a blessing to others. That I would bring love and joy in their life. That they would see love and joy and gratitude in me. And that I would spread joy. That I would spread love. That I would spread kindness and goodness and gratitude to others, that I would bring light into their lives when I enter the room, that I would bring your light into their lives and my relationship with them. And I know that apart from you, when I drift away, when I try to find some other vine to bring life into my life, it's deadness, it's nothing. There is nothing there and nothing is happening. The only source of love and joy and something, the only source of the true something is you, Lord Jesus. And so I want to abide in your love for me, that you have died for me, that you love me, that you sacrifice for me, that you speak to me by your word, you speak to me by your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Spirit allows me to speak to you in faith, to abide in you and to abide in your love. So that verse 11, these things you said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is what you want for me is true joy. This is what holiness is, is joy. This is what holiness is, is love and joy and kindness and peace and shalom and goodness. And so I want to draw closer to you in your holiness. I want to draw closer to you because you are the source of joy. 
You are the one who brings joy. And outside of you, there is nothing. There is no joy. There is no love. There is no goodness. There is no security. Because you are my peace and you are my security. You alone are my security. You alone are my joy. You alone are my love and goodness. And so I abide in you, Lord Jesus. I bow and I submit to you as my king. I depend upon you as the true vine. I come to you and look to you as my life. For apart from you, there is nothing. Apart from you, there is no good. There is no love. There is no joy. There is no peace. There is no security. So I come to you, Jesus, as the true vine. Bow to you. Abide in you as the true vine. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.